one of the grandest shows of power in the history of the world. Now a major tourist attraction just outside of Paris, and the perfect place to spend a spring day. Formerly the home of French royalty and a symbol in the war against wealth and greed has been long empty of residents. However, it's very possible that more than a few have stayed behind. I'm Christina. And I'm Kristen. And today on The Real Crime Podcast, we will be telling you all about the Palace of Versailles and its ghostly residents. Okay, so as you guys are listening to this episode, I will be elbow deep in croissants and wine. I will too, but not in France. Right. I, I'm i going to mail you some croissants and wine. Oh, that would be great. I was just Wouldn't thinking it? I would just get crappy wine and, and crappy, crappy croissants. croissants. <laughs> like, big why, here I come. Or maybe I'll go to my favorite bakery and get really good croissants Ooh, sounds great ooh, ooh, ooh. well either way like what do you want from france because like i'll bring you something home gifts presents um i i don't know you know me okay cool i'll find something <laughs> and i'll be like this is it and i'll bring it home Maybe i liked I'll find my like last a- gift from france so oh my god yes the butterfly yeah. <gasps> oh we're going to some open air markets too so i'll find what i can so either way i am Obviously, not as I record this, but as you listen to it, I am traveling in France with my husband and my child, and we plan on visiting the Palace of Versailles while we're there. We actually will be there April 14th. We have our tickets. The Petite Trianon and the Gardens and Fountains of Versailles. So watch our social at The Real Crime Podcast, because I'll post photos constantly. (laughs) And hopefully, I'll be able to find some, like, spooky stuff too and share that with you as well i hope you go back in time i do too oh i and i this is like one of my favorite stories about the palace of versailles and it just it's amazing so for anyone who isn't familiar with this incredible palace it was originally the hunting lodge of louis the 13th around 1623 for for years, it was simply a like secondary home where the royal family would go to host lavish parties, indulge their spirits and senses, and of course, hunt. And there are some rumors that they were not hunting animals. <gasps> oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because the French were super lavish. So like... But, you know, humans. Exactly. Real exactly. life hunger games. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's like, what is, what's that book? Um... I don't know, but there was a There's movie. A book. There's a book. Um, I don't know. Oh, now I'm saying um and can't think of it. It's uh, the one with the robots where they watch the old timey movies and comment on it. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Mystery Science Three. Thank you, thank you. So I was like, God, what is that? They watch one of the old movies about people going to a hunting lodge and 
the people are just set out on the property and then hunted. There, you guys are like screaming the the book title, but there's a book and it's like the the greatest game or something like that. Oh, or, I know you're talking. You know about. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Don't know that. And yeah, I just can't like think that. of the words right now, probably because I'm on like my second Irish coffee of the morning. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where that's kind of the idea and. Uh, whether or not that's just like a metaphor or whether it actually happened, I don't know. Maybe you'll see some ghosts of the and people that were hunted. And I can ask them. That'd be That'd great. That'd be really cool. That's my wish for you. Thank you. Uh, so the area surrounding Versailles was really just like countryside until it was built up by Louis Thirteenth. Now, the French don't mess around when it comes to hunting lodges. So the Palace of Chambord, which is in the Loire Valley of France. Also great liqueur. Amazing. And you can get it. It's it's like a raspberry liqueur, if anybody's not familiar with Chambord. it's um, If you put it into a frozen margarita, it's like ridiculous. Ooh. I know. Try that. French so martinis, good. I was thinking, but. No. Yeah. No, either way. You're going to love it. <laughs> So this was the Palace of Chambord was also just a hunting lodge and it's on 13,000 acres. Yeah, you definitely heard that correctly. That's a shit ton of land. That huh? is so much land. I can't imagine the taxes so, <laughs> or the upkeep. Now, Versailles is only on 2,000 acres. <laughs> Only, right? <laughs> but as it stands today, the palace itself sits under a one million square foot roof and it has internal measurements of 87,728,720 square feet. So just wow. try and digest that for a second. That's huge. My three-bedroom house is about 1,500 square feet. So, Yeah, that's huge. We can fit a lot of my houses into the Palace of Versailles. <laughs> uh, the palace itself has 2,143 windows, 1,252 chimneys, and 67 staircases. How many fireplaces? Probably 1,252. <laughs> just a guess. They just could guess. share a chimney. They could. They could. There could be there there could be double that because there could technically right. be a fireplace on either side, which uh, wouldn't be like surprising. Sounds like a dream. I know. <laughs> so, like, I literally, when I read this stuff, I just, I can't comprehend why, like, the French peasants rose up and, like, fought the rich. Like, I just, I don't get it. So crazy. What's even more insane to me, it's not the world's largest palace. There are three that are larger. Totally necessary. Totally necessary. So even more insane than all of that, it was only a focused home and source of power for about 100 years. So that's basically like creating a private escape that's the size of an entire town and then just deciding to buy, like, to build another one someplace I'm sick else. You'd be like, eh, it's not really that special. When when we went to Chambord last time we were in France, we learned that's the 13,000 acre mm -hmm. hunting lodge that the king who built that, who like decided to have it built and started, he spent the equivalent of one month there over the course of his lifetime. Wow. Wow. 
and his his kingship, you know, his reign, if you will, the equivalent of one month. So a 13,000 acre hunting lodge, and he only spent about a month there. So like a day at a time scattered over the course of like 15 years or whatever. Insane. Totally insane. So the palace actually contains a theater that can house 700 viewers and a hall of mirrors that contains nearly 357 mirrors inside of it. Oh, is this the one with like the arches and yes. the mirrors are along the arches? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. They call it the Room of Light. I, I We weren't able to go into the palace last time because the line was three hours long. Now they do timed tickets. So I'm super psyched for that. Thank you, COVID. And, um, so I was not about to wait in that line. No. But yeah, and and it's you know, for whatever reason, whenever I think of the Hall of Mirrors, it reminds me of that movie Return to Oz. Do you remember Return to Oz? I don't know that I've seen it. Okay. So it was like a Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. offshoot and there's this scene where I think it's Dorothy is like walking down a hallway because it's been like ages since I've seen it too. And there's all these heads and faces in cases up and down the hallway. And for whatever reason, that's the image that comes to mind. So hopefully once I actually get to see the Hall of Mirrors, it will replace that horrifying (laughs) thing that I just described to you. So the palace is incredible. And I've been in its presence before. But honestly, like what I did get to explore were the gardens and the fountains. So the gardens, they're they're obviously 2000 acres. It's a lot of land to cover. The gardens are like these complete bush and flower surrounded amphitheaters. Grand really doesn't summarize it. There is a fountain style pond that you can actually put little rowboats in and race. And that's what they used to do. Mm -hmm. Like literally the fountains are like the size of my house. There's a trolley that can get you back to the main building, like to the main gate um, from the farther out buildings, because it can take like upwards of 25 to 30 minutes if you're walking briskly to get back. I mean, it's a lot of land. It's a lot of land. It's a lot of land. I'm actually surprised it doesn't take longer. So I think that the most important thing about this world wonder is that the people of France hated it. Like... Right now, currently, as we're recording this, Cole and I were joking about the fact that, like, the strike is going on in France. And so, like, the trash the mm-hmm. trash is just, like, building up on the streets. They're, like, burning trash in the road to try and get rid of it. The people of France hated it. And they are a country that is willing to revolt when they don't like something. To them, it was just this massive symbol of their inequality. I mean, the royals in the upper class, they literally partied and ate until they vomited. And then they came back and ate again. Also very Hunger Games-esque. Because wasn't there like a pill that they would give you or a drink or something where you would like go vomit and then come back and keep eating? I don't think I've ever actually seen it or read the books. I don't know if I'm for like screwing that up with something else or like you know because it's just a memory that's swirling in my head but that's actually something that the french did they would like step away from a party force themselves to vomit and then come back and, so they rallied yeah oh they rallied hardcore man <laughs> they rallied so hardcore um it's like impressively so with their like eight foot powdered wigs on i don't even know how that's possible <laughs> those toilets must have been like standing up so It was just something that they did. And the poor lower classes were literally starving. So 
anyone who knows me or listens to the show enough knows that I have a child named Cosette. Cosette comes from the book and musical Les Miserables. And that literally begins with the main character, Jean Valjean, getting out of prison for stealing bread so his sister and her seven children didn't starve to death. So he had literally stole a loaf of bread to feed them. And it all takes place during, like, at the start of the French Revolution. And that was actually what was happening. This was literally about the French Revolution. The most famous residents of the palace were Louis XVI, the last king of France, and, you guessed it, his bride, Marie Antoinette. So they resided in the palace and lived their lavish lifestyle that we've all kind of come to expect from French royalty, hosting wild parties, wearing outlandishly over-the-top costumes and outfits, and living life to the excess. The pair would marry in 1770 and remain married for 23 years until their executions in 1793. They would both be guillotined. Marie Antoinette actually had her own private home known as the Petit Trianon at the back of the property. It was a charming little stone home near a gazebo where she was known to spend her time when she needed space from court obligations and her husband. And charming in this case does not mean like it's a tiny, tiny. castle. No, it's it's like a it's a castle. It's a castle. It's a castle. It's a, it's a regular castle. sized castle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. It's like a normal sized house basically, like a <laughs> an above normal sized house. It's not It's not a cottage. So this is actually the spot where one of the most bizarre and well-recorded ghost tales I've ever heard about this or many other places actually happened. So here is the story as it was written from the website for the Palace of Versailles, just so I don't screw up the details. Uh, It's referred to as an ordinary visit. It all started with two English women, Miss Moberly, headmistress of St. Hugh's College for Women in Oxford, and Miss Jourdain, a former student who assists Miss Moberly in her duties. During a trip to France, the two women decided to go to Versailles to visit the estate, which they know very little of. It was a beautiful hot day in August of 1901 when the two friends began their visit starting with the palace. The day went by without a hitch. The young women were delighted with their visit, and they even decided to continue their discovery of the estate by going to Trianon. The weather and the walk were very pleasant. Nothing seemed to be able to disturb the tranquility of this ordinary day. However, the two women were about to experience something disturbing, to say the least. After walking for a while, Miss Moberly and Mr. Dane asked for directions to two men dressed in green coats and three-cornered hats, carrying spades. As she left the aisle, Miss Moberly suddenly felt a surge of inexplicable and growing distress. As they continued on their way, the two women caught sight of a disturbing man sitting near a Chinese kiosk, staring at them with an insistent and appalling expression. A strong sense of panic ran through Miss Moberly. Fortunately, a curly-haired man with dark eyes momentarily interrupted this unsettling feeling. 
In a language hard to understand, the man urged them to continue their way to the right. A few steps farther on, Miss Moberly saw a woman drawing. She wore a white hat and an old-fashioned, unusual dress. Once more, a strange feeling overwhelmed Miss Moberly as she looked at her. The feeling of oppression and placidity that filled the place tarnished the enthusiasm of the two English women who returned to Paris affected by this experience. Do you think the Petit Trianon is haunted? Miss Moberly asked her younger friend. Miss Chardin promptly replied, yes, without any hesitation. By comparing their experiences, they found several strange similarities. After a refusal of publication by the Psychic Research Institute, the two friends carry out the research themselves and published their story in 1911 under the title An Adventure. Translates, uh, it's translated as Le Fantôme du Trianon in French. The book's success was immediate, and many experts were interested in the subject. The accumulation of details and disturbing coincidences sows doubt in people's minds. Several decades after the publication of the two English women's testimony, a discovery credits their story. A plan of the Trianon is discovered indicating that a Chinese kiosk had indeed existed in 1774. A question then arises, how could Miss Moberly and Miss Jourdain have known this information, unsuspected in their time? What if the people they actually met were from Louis XVI's time? Other accounts of the same kind always having Trianon as a setting were recorded in the first half of the 20th century, but remained few in number and unfortunately are rapidly disappearing. So another fun thing about that is the two women, I mean, the woman that they saw, they saw a woman sketching, sitting yes. down and sketching, yes. believed to be Marie Antoinette. Um, and so they actually sketched out a picture of what they, like the woman that they saw. Right. And she had like a hook nose. Yes. And that did not match any photos or not photos but any portraits uh, uh, paintings yes 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 of her yes but they actually did some digging and found a bust of her from that time mm-hmm. um that did have the hook nose so back in the time it was like you know how we use photoshop now. i was gonna say like it was like she basically looked at the painter and she's like you're gonna make me look good right, right? all the royals like, of the time were, were made nose. to look more beautiful than they actually were if if there is a painting of marie antoinette at nine years old where I swear to God, it looks like they photoshopped, like, a woman's face onto the body of a nine-year-old. Like, her dress gives her boobs, like, cleavage Mm -hmm. in this painting. And her face is oddly mature for the fact that she was a nine-year-old child. It was just, like, the way they did things. I mean, total, total vanity. Total vanity. So when they drew the the Mm -hmm. portrait of her... Of the woman they saw, they were like, there's no way that's her. That's not what she looks like. But right. turns out it actually was. Totally and there's no is. way that they could have known that. Right. Because it, it's like a lot of the information that solidified their story and their tale came after. Like these discoveries came after the fact. And then they went back to this account and they're like, holy crap, like this is insane. 
And I feel like Unsolved Mysteries covered this at one point as well, but I couldn't locate the episode. So perhaps I'm mistaken on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really one of those things where they were just sort of walking and they went through like a bizarre sort of time bubble. There's a, there's a lot of um, debate whether or not they went back in time. Right. Or just saw they, ghosts. They just saw ghosts. Right. right. And, and to clarify, so this kiosk that was sitting at the Petit Trianon, it, it, it's something where they saw it clear as day as if it was a piece of furniture, you know, just sitting there. However, by that point, it was post-French Revolution. Anything that the peasants and, and the commoners could get their hands on and destroy or steal or whatever, they did. So, like, nothing was as it was. You know what I right. mean? And so it's not like it was just left that way and nobody touched it. I mean, somebody definitely took that. And it's it's definitely been handed down over time, I'm sure, among, you know, the French countryside or something. <laughs> At least that's what I'd be doing with it. We're also going to go ahead and link to a video because there is a fabulous recounting of this story um it's available on youtube but it's also from the palace of versailles website and it's it's very ghostly so like if you're in the mood to like kick back and like turn down the lights and watch a little bit of a ghost story like this is a really cool one that's not like jump scare sort of thing so i like those me too i like things that are just spooky and not like gonna ruin my life and make me cry (laughs) because like there's definitely plenty of stuff that have made me almost want to cry because I get so scared. <laughs> so Cole, Cole and I watched and it's it's we've now toughed through and like finished watching it. But years ago, we watched the movie The Woman in Black with um, Daniel Radcliffe. He like stars in it. Yes. Never seen it. OK, so we watched it up to a point and this like moment happens. It's a jump scare moment. And I kid you not, we're both like sitting in our sofa back when we had the apartment over on Wellsville, mm-hmm. sitting on the first floor. Cole leapt up to standing like onto the sofa and I'm screaming because he's <laughs> screaming and he just leapt over to the light switch and turned on the lights and I turned off the movie and we both agreed to never watch the movie again. And like we've since sat down and like actually watched it. And it's not that terrifying, but in that moment, it ruined our lives. Wow. (laughs) We were so damaged. I think we were just jumpy. And, like, I scare really easily, um, and I'm very jumpy, Mm -hmm. and he is quite the screamer. So, like, when he screamed like a girl, I screamed, and I was like, who's killing us? This is awful. It was pretty fabulous. And for anyone who doesn't know what my husband looks like, he's, like, 6'2", and... (laughs) He's a lot of human, and so, like, to see him leap up, like, you know, think, like, leprechaun sort of leaping up sort of thing up onto the sofa. So agile. And then, like, run <laughs> over to turn off the light. It was it was very bizarre. I don't know. The whole thing was really bizarre, and it's burned in my memory. All right, so, so that's a movie I have to see then? Um, if, No. <laughs> I, I, like, if you want to, it's... The first time it's going to be scary, but then you're going to be like mentally prepared for all of the jump scares. So it's like not as scary. It's it's definitely creepy, though. And it's interesting because this next episode that we're going to be putting out 
is very similar in a lot of ways to the circumstances surrounding the story of the woman in black. So it's really interesting. That okay, so we'll talk about up. it again in five minutes when we record absolutely (laughs) absolutely because clearly we're pre-recording because i'm not in france right now anyway thanks guys so much um i love you and eat croissants for me and drink wine because that's what i'm doing and uh check out our instagram like i said before because i'm gonna try and post like lots of emily in paris style photos of me doing french like things okay cool okay awesome bye bye